In this podcast episode, Amy R. and I sit down and we talk about the state of the world. We talk about intuition, the power of clarity, the four agreements, breathing, all these times where I was able to get information. Amy picks my brain about how I get my intuition. And so I offer some suggestions for what you can do to help get yours. We really just get into a whole lot of different things around energy. So let's get started. Welcome to the Affiliate Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stark. In this podcast, I'll be sharing messages of hope, healing, and transformation. I'll teach you how to shift your mindset, conquer your fears, and become the best version of you. You'll get to witness healings as well as hear from my mentors, teachers, and about the extraordinary journey I've been on for the last 14 years. My connection with energy is so strong and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's get started. I'm here with Amy R and we are going to talk about the way that things are shaken down in today's world. Like it's pretty crazy. It's definitely uncertain times and uh, it can be tricky for a lot of people. You know, if you don't have tools, I'm certainly grateful that I have lots of tools and uh, I share a lot of tools on this podcast. I hope you picked up some of them uh, because they do really help. How are you doing, Amy? You know what? I actually, I think I've been doing pretty well. I was just thinking about this morning during my grateful thinking session about how grateful I am that I have been mentally like doing pretty well. I mean, I have my moments with my teenage children um, who can test my uh, patients sometimes just with their tone and everybody's a little frustrated and on edge, but overall doing pretty well. I mean, I work from home typically, so my life hasn't changed a ton, but I really have been tapping and meditating and doing yoga and just trying to move my body and listen to my body and really just trying to stay afloat and stay sane and stay happy and healthy and focus on the, on the good things that are going on. Good. Doing the best I can. Yeah. (laughs) Good. It's hard. So have you found that you've gotten overwhelmed at times, um, with family outside of your, you know, unit? Cause everybody in your house kind of knows about the law of attraction and about like energy and tapping and you know, at least they have some understanding. How are you doing with everybody else that, that doesn't necessarily have tools or understand that stuff? Yeah, well, you know what? I notice it on my work calls with clients or with other people, just the way they speak about what's going on and what's to come. And most people are somewhat positive, but there's some people that just are focusing on all the bad stuff. And it, it's really hard for me to listen to people like that sometimes. I mean, everybody I work with, whenever they, I'm in sales, whatever they work, we work on deals and stuff. They're not allowed to say like, I'm worried this is going to happen or I'm, this might happen. I'm always like, nope, think positive. This is going to happen. This is going to close. This is what we're going to do. We're going to be prepared. It's really hard for me to listen to people that, that are like that. So I try and change the way they think. But overall, I feel like I think people overall are coming together and really just sharing the love and the support. And um, I feel like people are reaching out to people that they might not have if this wasn't going on. And I feel a shift. I do feel a shift and I wanted to talk to you about that, what you're feeling and what you're seeing. Sure. So it's interesting because I have a lot of different pockets of friends and um, I get information from intuitive friends, but also, you know, mainstream media and things like that. And, and then I have my own internal guidance, right? And that's where I really rely on. And if I were to go off of that, that information is, is really just saying that there is this shift. I, it's interesting because there's been a couple of shifts. So like, maybe, maybe it was a week ago or something. I felt like, okay, everything's going to be okay. We're heading in the right direction. And then in the last two days, I've really been releasing a lot of grief. Um, I feel like that's been in me and on the planet. So obviously a lot of, there's been a lot of loss, the physical mm-hmm. loss of life, physical loss of our daily activity. Right, our freedom. Day. Yeah, our freedom, right? And just like a a loss of like who we thought we were or, you know, how things were supposed to be. There's, there's an identity shift that's happening. And it was interesting. So like I was doing a meditation and there's two, two analogies that I've been given. One is that we are in the cocoon phase, which I talked about in one of the other podcasts. So like, do you know when you go from a caterpillar to a, or when a caterpillar goes into a cocoon, it liquefies. 
So mm-hmm. we're in that cocoon phase where we're like liquefying or breaking down everything that we thought, right? The way things were, or almost everything. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to emerge, you know, as a butterfly, which is really beautiful. It's just going to be interesting what that looks like, right? When we come out the other side. And, and essentially, I just got another analogy that was given to me through meditation, which is we're in the birthing canal. So like, it was kind of interesting how I could see and sense the expectations on the other side. So like when a baby's going down a birth canal, you can actually visualize or think about like how the expectant parents are or the doctor or the nurses or, you know, just the world receiving that new baby and how excited they are and, and how wonderful that is. And yet the mom <laughs> who's giving birth, you know, is also in this paradigm where she's just like freaking out because her body is just doing some amazing things, right? And there might be some cussing and there might be some screaming and mm-hmm. lots of like squeezing and, con- you know, releasing and a lot of energy and intensity, right? So I feel like we're in that space right now where like the world is being birthed, like a new world is being birthed. And we're, we're in this birth canal, which is just so interesting to think about. And, and the message was just to keep breathing, like just stay calm and breathe. Like that, as you would tell a, a pregnant woman, right? Like, yeah. Just breathe through it. It's going to be okay. Like something amazing is going to come out the other side. Just relax as much as you possibly can to allow this to come forward. So right. I thought that was really cool. Wait, so how do you, so I'm curious now, cause this is, these are the questions I always, whenever we're in our sessions together, you know, I used to ask you questions, but like, so when you're meditating, you get this visualization that like, you literally have a birth canal that like a picture, how does that come to you? I'm just curious. Yeah. Know. So I guess if I were to break it down, like how it happened for me while I was listening to this music, there was a lot of crying that started coming up and I didn't even know why. So like it shook loose some, some grief and, um, and I could tell that again, like, that there's a separation between my grief and also I was releasing grief that's on the planet because I'm connected to the planet. I'm in a way that, how could I explain this? I don't know. It's kind of like grief is like looking for a way out and it goes through my body because I'm, I'm just like a drain or whatever, you know, if you were to think of the quantum. Right. Field. You're like the message, like the pathway for it. Yeah. Almost. So it's like, oh, there's an opening. So I just, I release it. But the only reason why I can release it is because I have my own grief that I've been carrying, whether it's from this lifetime or other lifetimes or my lineage of for my heritage, you know, there's, there's matching grief. So I'm releasing both so that got that, it. So it actually winds up being a healing for me as well, as well as right. a healing for the planet, which um, is what you say sometimes too, is when you heal other people, you heal yourself, because if you have that match, then you can release it yourself. Yeah. 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 So essentially I'm, I'm helping to release that. So at first, you know, there was a very visceral, visceral reaction, you know, I had to release this grief and then all of a sudden as I was releasing the grief, I got the sense of being born. And I don't really know how to explain that other than like, it was like a tunnel and like, I felt like a lot of intensity. And then I was like, wow, what's that? You know, I get curious. I can slow the tape down because I've done so much meditation. Mm -hmm. So like I have control over my thoughts. Like I can, you know, be like, whoa, why do I feel that? That's intense, you know, insane. So Mm -hmm. I bring it forward and I look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, there we are. And then I see a picture of the world in a birth canal. And and that's how information comes to me. And then I, I, you know, started crying again because I just saw how beautiful it was because it's just like, you know, any mother or father who's expecting a child, you know, they start to cry when a lot of times when the baby is born, because it's just so amazing. It's so beautiful. And I could sense the beauty that was coming and that's basically that's what cool. I've shown. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like somebody is like telling me, I mean, it's sometimes it is, I don't know. Right. I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I get to hear information. I get to see information. I have a full body knowingness. Very rarely do I smell something, but if there's a smell that is definitely not something that would be in the environment at that time, let's say it'd be, I think one time I, I, I smelled a cigar and there was just no way that there would have been a cigar there. You know, I tune into something like that. Uh, but um, a smell is probably one of the least ways. You know yeah. what I forgot to tell you, Amy? Or maybe I did tell you. I can't remember. But when we recorded the first episode for this podcast, yeah, um, the lights in my bedroom blew out. So like actually like the bulbs blew and the outlet doesn't work anymore. 
on both sides of the bed. I don't know why. Wow. So um, anyway, I wanted to tell you that. So that was anyway, after so, our podcast or after yeah. like, you know, well, a hot night? <laughs> <laughs> no, literally it was after, it was, it was actually probably during our podcast that it happened. <laughs> Wow. Um, you say you just, break electronics and stuff all the time. So, I do. You know. I do. And, and I've had, I had a, another crazy story for some reason, the bedroom that, that a lot of activity happens there. I don't know why I've had a spirit who came to visit me one time and blew out the light above my bed. And it was part of a fan. So that, that was weird. I don't remember if the fan actually worked anymore or not, but I had an electrician come and he's like, there's no explanation for this. Like I can't fix this. So what's interesting about that night is um, right before the light blew out, Mm -hmm. I heard a phone ringing and it wasn't my phone or my partner's phone. It was the phone of a person at the massage school that I was at. So it was the director's phone. So I knew it was hers. And as soon as I made the connection like that, it was her phone. That's when the light blew. And yeah. And then I got scared because like, that's not fair. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it went on and then went like you could hear it like crushed it or something. Right. Blew the circuits. And so, like I said, I had a, um, an electrician come in and he said he couldn't repair it and he couldn't fix it. So thank God we were renting. And I was like, this is not my fault. Wait, Uh, but what does that have to do with the director of the school? Right. So yeah. Okay. So the director (laughs) of the school, so then I, so what I do is I've, I've had to set up boundaries with spirit because they will come in the middle and I can scare the living daylights out of me. So I, I tell them like, this is not acceptable behavior. You can't come in and blow out the light bulbs, like in the middle of the night. (laughs) (laughs) it's not cool I said I will speak to you in the morning when I do meditation so that's when I you know clear my energy and I get centered and and then I talk and it actually happened to be my director's brother who had passed that came through and told me about his death and what happened around it and because his sister who is my director or was my director was trying to sort out how he died because it was Uh. didn't really yeah. You know, add up. And yeah. so, um, so he was giving me some information to give to her. So wow. she was very grateful that I was able to give that information to her and to, you know, just say that he was okay. And, you know, all right. but uh, like I said, you know, there are times where I have to really be like, this is inappropriate. Yeah. You have to set boundaries, like leave me alone. Don't yeah. do that. Talk to me this time. So uh, here's another funny story that I'll just tell you. Know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I love I, all this. I stuff. don't know how I do this stuff, but <laughs> But okay, so here, so I had just had my son and I was going through like, I don't know if anybody else went through this, but like uh, when you're breastfeeding, like there was, I was just sweating so much at night. Like mm-hmm. my hormones were just changing so much that right. um, I would just be drenched all of a sudden. Yeah. And I was in my, um, my bedroom and I was sitting there and I was pumping because my son was too little to be able to, to you know, breastfeed normally. So anyway, I'm, I'm sitting there pumping and I'm like, I'm going to die. Like I'm, I'm so hot. I'm going to die. And all of a sudden the fan turned on high above me. I did not turn on the switch or anything, but I literally was like, I think I'm going to pass out. Like, and then it was like, it came on and I was like, oh, it feels so much better. Uh, Um, That is crazy. That's crazy. I have a cute story to tell you. Tell me. (laughs) Um, We were playing Monopoly Empire the other day. Uh, with my kids, my kids and Mark. And, um, you know, my kids, for people that don't know, are, um, I have a 18 year old daughter and a 16 year old son and a 17 year old stepdaughter. And the three of the four of us were playing because Maya's not here. And Matthew pulled up some card that basically said, you can pick somebody, an opponent, and whoever rolls the highest number gets $400. And so Matthew's like, I pick you, mom. And then I was like, oh, great. I smiled. And he's like, oh, man. I shouldn't have picked you because you're going to manifest a good number. <laughs> and I was like, yep. And I did a six and I won. He's like, I knew I shouldn't have picked you. I was like, I love that. My kid. <laughs> That's so great. I okay, love it. You can do it too. That's so great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they always ask me to find, get parking spots for us oh, yeah. up front. And I was like, you can do it too. Just ask for an upfront parking spot. That was the, one of the first things I started doing when you taught me the law of attraction. Is- yeah. Well, that was how I started. I mean, other than the cup of coffee, the next thing was like, how do I manifest parking spaces in the Upper East Side <laughs> every single day, Monday through Friday, because that's where I was working. Uh-huh. And I did it. I would say I worked there four years and um, I think I paid for parking maybe six times. It, yeah. And it was because I just like, you know, obviously was running late and I just didn't have time to keep looking and, you know, whatever. But 
I, I, I can't believe it. I mean, and it was a big penalty too. Like if, you, if I had to pay for parking, it was like $50 or something for the day. Yeah. Crazy. I highly recommend anybody starting out to play with the law of attraction to do the parking spaces where you just ask for a parking space up front. I would say 95% of the time I get exactly where I envision the parking space. That's awesome. Yeah. Work. Anyway, sidebar. Uh, yeah. It's important. It's <laughs> important to start with things that like are easy to play with, you know? It's always fun, like how you said, you know, you're going to manifest the right number when you roll. That's what creating a connection with spirit or connection with your higher self or with the quantum field or your energy Mm -hmm. with the quantum field, however you want to look at it. I mean, that's how it started out for me. It was just like a confirmation here, a confirmation there, a confirmation here. And I was like, there's too many confirmations going on here for this not to be working, you know, you know, something that there was something behind it. So that's when I started doing the science or looking at the science because I was like, this is crazy. You know, the healings that I was doing, you know, like I saw this, that, and the other thing were happening. And then it happened again when I would do it with somebody else. And I was like, something's here, you know, right. Pay attention. It's not coincidences, people. It's synchronicity. Yeah, it's synchronicity. yeah, yeah. It's and beautiful. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it's sometimes it's really, really cool. It is hard to believe. You just have to prove it to yourself over and over again. I do banana peels a lot of times because you don't see banana peels that often, but I'll find banana peels in those random places. I, I did a hundred dollar bill a couple weeks, like a oh, couple months awesome. ago. My mom gave me a hundred dollar bill. She never gives me cash. She just <laughs> decided to give me hundred. She never has cash on her. She decided yeah. to give me a hundred dollar bill. That's amazing. <laughs> My son is a lot like that. He's, I think he's like more connected. Uh, he's a kid, you know, so he's mm-hmm. like super connected and he just will be like, no, that's, that's exactly what I want and what I'm going to get. And it's almost like there's no way that we can say no, or somebody <laughs> will just give it to him. I'm like, Jesus, like, right. <laughs> you know, but he just has this like, um, knowingness that he's just going to get it or I don't like this deep knowingness. Sometimes actually yeah. it's interesting. Let's talk about birth order because what birth order are you, by the way? I'm second. I'm one okay. of two. Okay. One of two. Okay. So that's interesting. It's still not firstborn. So I don't know if you've noticed this within your family, but firstborns mm-hmm. tend to get what they want. Like they just feel entitled because they did get it for so long. Now, what's the age difference between you and your brother? Three and a half years. Oh, okay. So that's a good amount of time for you to get that programming mm-hmm. of like, oh, I asked for something, you know, people respond to me. And you told me I had a havingness one time and I love that with me. I'm like, I got it all. I got it all. That's nice. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So that's interesting because what I have noticed is that people People who are firstborn tend to really have a high havingness. And then I'm, oh man, mine is, was really low because I, I was one of six kids and I was in the middle and I had a twin sister. So it was like, I was in the middle spot. And oh, then, man. So yeah, I was super quiet and I just like went with the flow and kind of was scared all the time because I was super sensitive because I can sense like that. So I did not speak up and I was just like, I'll take whatever's available, whatever's last. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so I've noticed with my partner, her being the firstborn, she's just like, no, of course I deserve that. Or of course that's going to come to me. And I'm like, I want that program. And so obviously I've worked towards that, but it's, that's it's interesting how it's like the hardware is just installed, you know, in those first few years, right? whether or not you're going to get what you want. So why I do know- you think that you have that hardware installed being that you were, you know, three years behind your brother? I don't know. I never really realized it until more recently. And I started, you know, thinking about when I have anxiety or I worry about trying something new or I worry about doing something that I maybe haven't done or have that self-doubt. I I started thinking about what have I ever gone out for or tried to do that I really wanted that I haven't gotten, you know, not in like these crazy senses, but, you know, just think about in school, I tried out for palms, you know, dance team when I was younger and I wasn't that great of a dancer, but I made it and I made it every year. And then I was a captain and, you know, I got into the college I wanted to get into and married the person I wanted to marry to at the time. You know, I just, I didn't have big disappointments, which I'm really grateful in my life. I've had illness and stuff to deal with, but I've been very grateful. So you said you recently realized this. So is that because, do you think that has to do with your reticular activating system shifting to see the evidence for where you've been successful? Is that? I think that's part of it. I think just the awareness my awakening yeah, and, and reflecting on my life and reflecting on how I ask for things or pray for things or 
I, I think I just never really reflected on it and I didn't have the tools and the wherewithal the knowing to know that, you know, to recognize it. I think I just never looked deep enough. I mean, well, so it's interesting. Our brain really does choose to find and remember the places where we were unsuccessful because yes. we want to avoid that. Right. Right. But there's so many times that we are successful and that's where we need to stay focused. Right. And I think it has to do with this obviously focusing on gratitude and the positive side. I mean, for so long I would cast judgment on myself or think like, why did I do this? Or, you know, things that weren't healthy for me. And I I really believe that just that guilt and just judgment of myself and wanting to be maybe trying to be something that I really wasn't, even though I was successful in doing, getting everything kind of, I wanted, I still wasn't really happy with who I was and didn't really know who I was. And I think that this experience of peeling the onion with you and letting go of everything, just letting go. I had, that's my first mantra bracelet I got is let it go because I just needed to let all this shit go that I was hanging on to that was just meaningless. And that was just making me sick and making me not happy. When I started looking at things that I'm so grateful for and all the great things that I have in my life, obviously, and not feeling that anxiety and that sadness and really just working on really loving who I am and focusing on me. That's when I started to realize how great life is and how great my life has been and how great my life will continue to be. And it it becomes easier and easier, right? To see those things. So much easier to a point where I said, like, it hurts. I can't talk I have a hard time talking to people that are negative or it's just, it, it, it literally makes me feel sick. Their energy makes me feel yucky. Right. And that was a big thing too, is I remember when I first started talking to you, you were like, you're very empathic. And I am, I have a hard time watching like movies or where people are being tortured, even bad people are being tortured or any sadness. It's really hard for me to watch. I'm such an empath. So you had to teach me to kind of clear that energy when I would be around other people and be absorbing their energy. I, I was walking around feeling like all this crazy energy and nervousness and anxiety and negativity. And I had no idea. And you come on saying, you need to feel like you, you'll feel like you. I'm like, what does you feel like? I don't even know what you're talking about. And until I actually released that, I felt this calmness and could feel my actual, feel my body. (laughs) You know, it's when I started realizing, oh my gosh, this wasn't my energy. This was everybody else's energy, you know? And yeah. So let me ask you about that. So like, once you finally found you, what mm-hmm. would you say it felt like, like when you were a kid or like, um, is there a time where you could go back and be like, you know, that's what I felt like when I was 17 or something like mm-hmm. that. For me, it was when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, I have that kid spirit again. Yeah. I think it was when I was much younger. I mean, it was definitely before my teenage years, uh, because I remember you know, early elementary school, I think that just being happy, free, I was very confident. I've always been confident, but I think there was you know, I knew I could do things, but I had a lot of self-doubt and would look at other people and be like, hmm, I wish I could kind of be like them. Or I think that's when it started kind of like not being who maybe I really was, but just being who I thought I should be. Well, so that's another thing that we had to sort through, right? Um, which was this understanding that you are, you were so sensitive and you were picking up on everybody's mm-hmm. feelings as a child and the energies of expectations. And then you started meeting those expectations, which, you know, brought on more anxiety because like you could sense whether you made those expectations or not. Right. Um, And when, when you did make those expectations, meet them, then it wound up creating some programs around, Oh, okay. So if I'm safe, if I meet uh, other people's expectations and then you start living your life for other people and that gets really hard. So I had no idea I was doing that. No idea. Right. And it created basically the programming, the ultimate programming of perfectionism, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So Amy um, is dealing or has been dealing the last, how many years? It was since 2012, you said? I mean, I guess you had symptoms before then, but anyway, for like, let's say almost 10 years, she's been either in... uh, I've had basically chronic fatigue, some kind of chronic fatigue since I was probably like 16 years old been tired all my life. Um, but I didn't really have any real symptoms of being like really, you know, have some kind of autoimmune disease until 2012. Yeah. So it's been eight years. That's a key thing to talk about. So since 16, you, you were feeling that. What do you think if you had these tools when you were 16, do you think you would have had chronic fatigue? (laughs) Probably. I mean, 
I don't, maybe the chronic fatigue, probably not. I mean, I, I think I overall would be healthy. I definitely would not have ulcerative colitis. And, you know, I, I think maybe I'd be predisposed to it, but I think that life caused this to come out and, um, you know, life and how I dealt with it, my anxiety and um, just not dealing with the things I needed to deal with. I think if I had those tools, I would have never gotten sick. The chronic fatigue, I think I got Epstein-Barr virus from mono. And right. Somehow haven't gotten rid of it, and I think that I would. I am. We're working on it. Um, but I think all these tools. I mean, I think overall, my healing that I've done in the past two years has been incredible. I'm continuing to heal every day, but I think all these tools continuously help me peel the onion and get rid of what doesn't serve me to help to heal me. Right. So I, I ask that because a lot of times when I have other people's energy in my space, I will feel yeah. really tired really uh, confused. I won't feel like I have any sort of direction or know what it is that I want to do. And that's just because I haven't cleared my energy in however long. Right. Um, As soon as I learned the tool of how to clear my energy every single day, I just Mm -hmm. started doing that every single Mm -hmm. day, you know, multiple times during the day because you're just so much more productive and you just are so much more clear in what you want to accomplish. Um, right. And, and honestly, I wish I had known this much earlier in life, but everything happens for a reason. I believe I yeah. part of my path to, you know, go through sickness and, um, cause I was chronically ill actually all the way up until 30. I mean, I was on, um, medicines that they said I would have to take for my entire life. Right. You know, I had asthma and allergies and it was just like, I mean, starting at two years old. Yeah. Yeah. And asthma, um, if you really look at it from an energy perspective is around grief. Um, so stored grief in the lungs. You know, you might be like, well, what is it? What kind of grief does a two-year-old have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably more ancestral. So we we grow up, actually, you are an egg in your grandmother. So that's something interesting to think about because you're an egg in your mom and then your mom was in your grandmother. So technically mm-hmm. you were in the energy of your grandmother. So you pick up the energy of her and then you pick up the energy of your mom and her mm-hmm. lifetime and what she experienced. And then you come out the other side and you're like... <laughs> why do I have these tendencies? You know, right. Makes sense. But, um, there's genes that are passed on obviously, but there's also energy and they're really starting to study that you actually get a lot of your energy from your mom, from the egg, you know, the sperm tail actually falls off. So, which is, has a lot of the energy. So it's really just kind of like delivering a lot of code, but then, you know, we could even go into like, how does my son who is technically not my partner's genes have similarities to her? And that would be the nurture, but I also think it might be energy. Nurture might be related to energy transfer. But anyway, so back to this whole understanding that you're in your grandmother, like think about how much grief is possible just by those two generations. But now they're starting to understand that this is something that could be in our DNA from up to 70 generations. So like, I know personally, my mom dealt with a lot of loss, you know, baby, like she lost some babies. And Um, Just that grief alone, I think maybe I was carrying some of that or I was trying to transmute some of that Mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes it doesn't always add up like why we have symptoms or the way we feel. But if we start to get quiet and we do the work and that's why I love EFT is because almost anybody can do EFT and start releasing energy and not even have to know what the energy is. The body will find it and move it out. So like I could have just sat for five years and did EFT and probably be right now, <laughs> right. 14 years later. Right. But you know, you find tools at, at times and that's why I'm such a huge proponent of it because it would have found the grief that was unresolved coming from my mom or coming from my grandma right. or any of those 72 other generations or 70 generations. So anyway, back to the whole idea of like just clearing your energy just gets you so much more focused. Right. And you've I can't remember. Have you taught how to clear the energy? Yeah. So on my website, you can actually go and uh, you can um, sign up on the email list and they'll get an e- audio version of how to. Oh, clear the visualization. It. Yeah. Yeah. How to, how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Which um, is great. Yeah. You, I use that every day. Um, I've taught it to friends. I've taught it to my brother, who is a huge empath um, is, yeah. who you've worked with that's impacted his life. Let's and changed talk his life about that for a second. Cause your brother, yeah. he's a doctor and I've worked with some doctors and pharmacists and you know, people who are really sensitive to energy, but don't really realize it. And they don't have these tools. So like they're going from one patient to the, oh, and nurses, I should say, I worked with, they go from one patient to the next, to the next, to the next. And I can't even imagine what that's got to be like, being right. carrying all that energy from one client to the next. So I was talking with um, somebody who's a uh, pharmacist and she said, once she learned this tool, 
she said that she was received so much better by the patients because she could tell that when she would tell them things that they were, she was talking to them and she could just, she just said like, it just feels different. They're just receiving me better and I feel better and I feel more clear about what Interesting. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I worked with another nurse um, who was picking up everybody's energy among the nurses and among the patients. And once we separated that stuff out and cleared and gave her some tools, she now really enjoys her job. And she says it's a lot easier to be there um, to do her work. I can imagine that. It sounds silly if you haven't experienced it, but I remember like walking into a room one time and just feeling really, it's just feeling dense and just feeling yucky. And I'm like, that room just doesn't feel right. And I was like, does that make sense? And I was like, it really does make sense now. You really can feel that. And I think it makes such a difference to to let that go and you feel a lot better. (laughs) Right. And the more that you clear your energy and get familiar with your energy, the more that you recognize when somebody else's energy is in your space because you're like, right, I was fine before. I know that if I get super irritated, it's usually one of two things, either spirit, whether it's my higher self or a spirit on the other side is really trying to get a message over to me. Like, here's an example. We were looking for a house. I was eight months pregnant and actually quite sick, which I didn't know because we had moved across the country. And in that three-week period, I wound up getting preeclampsia. But I, all I knew is like I wasn't feeling well and I wasn't doing well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a great pregnancy up until that moment. And then we started moving and whatever. So like I, I had, after three weeks, I walked into the doctor's office and then I found out. But prior to that, we were looking for a house and I had been in and out of tons of houses out here in the Boulder area. And it was at the peak of like the housing market. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm eight months pregnant. I'm not doing well. Like I need to find a house for this baby. I need to find a house for us. Like people were asking me if I had diapers and I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know what I have. I don't, I'm like, my bra- you know, you get like that baby. Oh my gosh. I can't just, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I need a place to put this baby. Yeah. So uh, I'm starting to like freak out. So we had seen 20 houses or so, and I was really starting to lose hope. Because either the house needed a ton of work done on it, yeah. or it was way out of our budget, or um, we couldn't move in anytime soon. So I sat down in meditation, and I was like, I need to know what's up. I got real clear, and I was like, you guys on the other side, you need to help me out here. I can't yeah. do this alone. Like I, the, the, I'm at my breaking point. So I was in this meditation, and they were like, you're going to walk into this house. You're going to know that it's yours. You're going to know that it's amazing. You're going to look around and you're going to just want to buy it instantaneously. And it's going to have almost everything you're asking for. So I left the meditation and I was like, this is bullshit. (laughs) I was like, this place doesn't exist. But I went to my partner and I said, listen, this is what they said. I don't even believe it. I just don't. So anyway, so we got in the car to go to our another round of looking at houses. And I kept saying to her, we need to go to this street. Let's go to this street. I just, I felt this agitation in me. And she's like, what is wrong with you? Like, we're not going there. We we can't afford that house. And I was like, just go. I'm like, stop arguing with me. Like, (laughs) this is not like me. And I, I all of a sudden when she said, she's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, whoa, okay. Like, let's stop the tape, like figure out what's going on here. (laughs) So anyway, so we go and um, that house wasn't the house for us, but we started traveling up the street and we get to the top of the hill And I see a for sale sign for a house that hadn't been listed. And I'm like, I'm confused. Like, how is this not even on anywhere? So I get out and I call the number and they said it was the sales office. And I was like, is this a sales office or is it for sale? (laughs) You're you're messing with a pregnant lady in like, Um, and so she's like, actually, we just listed the sales office house today. like the model? Yeah, it was a model home. (laughs) I'm like, no way. Like, that's crazy. So anyway, so we head down to the new sales office and we're like, please show us the house. We walk in and it's the house that we own right now. Ah. We walked in, we felt like it was perfect. And in fact, we were just telling my son that um, I walked in and I turned around and I locked the door (laughs) so nobody could come in. And I, yeah, we called our realtor and I was like, get down here. We're putting in an offer today, like right now in the next like 10 minutes. And then yeah. so we go down to the office and her phone is ringing off the hook. And I look at her and I go, look at me. Nobody else is getting this house. <laughs> do not mess with the pregnant woman. She's like, I will do my best. Um, she's like, I'll put your offer at the top. And then if it falls through, obviously, then, you know, I have to. Right. 
get other people. But anyway. Oh, wow. That's a great story. Yeah. But that seriously is how either spirit, sometimes they'll just like any, 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 and they'll get irritating in my space until I listen. And then the other one is if somebody's in my space and I just like shift from feeling great to irritated, then I know that it's probably somebody yeah. I'm in contact with. So interesting. Yeah. Spirit is, is very interesting. It's not, it's not like I always know, you know, I have to stop. Like I have to usually, you know. So sometimes you ask spirit a question, but sometimes spirit will just give you information you don't ask for. Yeah. And then because I clear my energy a lot and I have good intentions and I'm, I'm really working towards a lot of things that are for everybody's highest and best good. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm naturally in the flow of things a lot of times. So like I'm Mm -hmm. naturally choosing the right things um, because I'm coming from a very clear channel. So sometimes I'm just in the channel and and sometimes I'm like, that is just amazing how that worked out. Like, it's just because I was like, yes, 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 yes. And a lot of times I get in arguments with my, um, no, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but there are times that I get in arguments with my partner Mm -hmm. because I will know what we need to do. And Mm -hmm. I don't have time to update her about that thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So like, she's like, I really would like to have talked about that. And I'm like, we didn't have time to, I had to say, yes, I had to do that thing. It's because spirit told me and, you know, we, she's like, this gets freaking all day. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, sure. <laughs> um, but I'm like, no, for real. Like, let me talk you through what happened and like why right. I have this information and why we needed to act now. And I'm always, I, I shouldn't say, oh, most of the time, I would say 99% of the time. I can't, I never like to say always, cause just maybe there was some time I don't remember, but it always is working out for us. You know, when I do right. those things and it winds up paying. Of course. Right. I mean, that's why. I believe in you and I believe what you're doing is valid and for the right reasons and you lead with love and everything. So, I mean, you just have to know that when you say something, you know, if it's coming from a good place and I'm sure that's what Ben has to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. she gets a little like thrown back and then she's like, all right, it takes her like a couple of minutes to reset. And I'm like, I look at her and I'm like, you know, I'm doing this right. because I'm being guided. It is not about what I want. It's about right. what's best for us. It's hard in a relationship because you want to feel like you have control, you know, equal control. And I sure. think that's you know, and I, I tell her that I remind her, I'm like, we're yeah. on the same page. We're on the same team. Like yeah. I know what your values are, you know what mine are like, right. and I try to adhere to those things, but sometimes, um, there's an urgency and then I will jump on it and there's always ways to get out of it. Right. Like it's not like I've permanently done something that can't be reversed. You, <laughs> you know? bought her a new house. Right. Yeah. I told you you had to buy a new house. It was the one for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not about to go out and like purchase a car or something <laughs> without her consent, but um, that sometimes there are just times, but then yes, you asked me like, do I sit down and meditate? Yes, I will sit down and meditate specifically if I'm working with a client, I will uh-huh. download all the information that they need to make this or take the steps that they want to take. Essentially, I'm just helping people clean up their energy and get more clear about who they are. And then, then it's easy for them to just keep making decisions from there. Right. You know, get rid of the programming that isn't really theirs. Get rid of the energy that isn't theirs. You know, show them how to do it themselves so they can stay more consistently in their own energy and make decisions from that space versus the confusion of other people's energy in their space, other people's programming, society's programming, you know, things that aren't even resonating with them and irritating them. You know, a lot of people are losing their jobs and they're angry. And the thing is, is it's like, you have the opportunity to look at it like, how is this working for me? Was I really happy? Like if you're angry and you lost your job, it's important to look at and be like, why am I angry? Is it because I gave too much of myself to that company and I sacrificed? Like you're probably angry that you worked late nights and and now it doesn't matter. Or you, you know, missed your kid's soccer game or something like that. Take a look at that grief or that anger and release it because it's keeping you from being able to see your options that are available right now or to see how that created the person that you are now. And now you have the opportunity to make the choice of like, oh, going forward, I'm not going to miss my kid's soccer game because I realize what's more important. Like right. they didn't give a shit about me. They just let me go. And they, and now here I am like, you know, holding my, as my mom says, holding my hand on my ass. And I don't even know what that means, but like <laughs> they're being like, what's going on? You know? Right. They just completely, uh, disregarded the, the amount of effort and things that I put into this. I think that's such a good thing to think about. Cause I think so many people are so angry and frustrated and upset about so much stuff that's going on in this world. And I think that's so important. And that's sometimes that people do like in meditation where you would 
reflect on something like that. I, I meditate in the shower a lot. I think the running water just helps me think. And that's where I kind of get my, I never really realized it was really downloads, but I was getting information. That's where I was kind of getting my information from. And I think that people really need to look inward at this time and, and really need to think about, you know, okay, this happened to me. Why did this happen to me? What does this mean? What, what do I do with this information? And how do I learn from it? And I think that even out of the most horrible things that happen, there can be something good that comes out of it. Right. And we need to just look at the energy behind the energy. If we always feel supported and that things are always happening for highest and best good, you're right. like looking at it from a child's perspective, which is why I love being the person that I am because I, because I clear my energy all the time. I do feel like a child at times. I have that curiosity. I really am like, Ooh, what's going to come next? Like I have this anticipation of better things to come. And, and that's what I'm met with. Right. Like, so like I did that meditation and that's what was shown to me. It was like, yes, this is a really tough time. And yes, I started grieving and crying, but I could see the good that was coming. And, and that's where my reticular activating system is. It just constantly is finding the good things that are, are coming. And, um, and I can see them and find them very quickly because I've trained my brain and my body to find them. Speaking of good things to come, Let's think about what kind of good things can come from this whole craziness going on right now. You know, do you think there's going to be a shift to what we were talking about earlier on when we first started talking? Yeah, I do. I, I think that we're in the process of that shift. And I think that every moment we're going down that birth canal is probably a shift in the energy on the planet. And, you know, sometimes labor is very quick and sometimes labor is long and we don't know how long this is going to be. And I think that ultimately, if we really wanted to go, as best as possible. Cause we all know the women who give birth and they're like, Oh, that was easy. Or like I did it with no drugs or <laughs> like, Oh, my kid came out in an hour or whatever, you know? Right. And those are the, usually the women that are like super relaxed and okay with the situation and right. kind of let go and just allow. And I think that the more that we kick and scream about this quarantine or, you know, losing these ways of being, you know, among our society, then the more that we're going to kind of have a longer labor and a longer mm -hmm. transition. Yeah. So I think, and you know, it's funny, like I was thinking, I just saw somebody post like how Florida is just still gathering in large groups and <gasps> drives <yeah>. me crazy, <laughs> but it's like the one kid in the class that ruins it for everybody. Right. Yes. <laughs> but like, we need to work on that. Right. Like, so that one kid thinks that he's different. He's separate from the rest of us right? And that's just an illusion. Like the people in Florida are not separate from us. Eventually they're going to want to leave Florida or we'll <laughs> want to go there or like from the quantum field perspective, we're all connected, you know? Right. And that's just like a larger symptom of, of the separateness that we feel in this country and, and how we're trying to heal that, that we're really not separate. I mean, I feel things so deeply that like I have trouble cutting down plants that are alive. That is mm. how, how sensitive I am. I can't kill a fly or a spider unless I feel like it's really going to hurt us. Like <laughs> it was a tick or something. I'm so sensitive. I'm so aware of how my actions relate to we, other people. And you feel so connected. I mean, we're all, right. we're all connected. Listen, and even that, that tiny little spider is connected somehow to you. And yeah. 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 I mean, Donna Eden um, really was transformational in me understanding how my energy can affect other people. So she has this video somewhere out there and maybe we can find the link to put it down below, but where she can just reverse somebody's energy by just saying some negative things about them. So looking at them and then saying, I hate you or you're terrible or whatever, or you're weak, you know, and then it'll reverse their energy and they will become weak and they become confused and they can't she can like knock over a big football player and she's just this little old lady, you know, like at this point. I've seen like, this before. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a real eye opener in terms of like what my thoughts could create in other people. So right. I'm really cognizant about what I think and how I, if I'm judging, like really, again, this was Wayne Dyer taught me this. Like if you're looking at judgment, it really is about you. It's about mm -hmm. it's like the judgment starts with you. Like if, mm -hmm. if you're looking at somebody and you're like, oh, they're a lot thinner than me. Then you're like, well, how did I ha get that judgment? Like, where did I get that understanding? Oh, well, I'm judging myself and then therefore I'm judging them. So it's, it's really right. more information about who I am and what I need to work on. 
And then I won't see it. Like, I won't care. I just am happy for everybody. You know, like if I stop judging other people, then I stop judging myself and I have more compassion for myself. That was so impactful for me. So impactful for me because I realize how much people talk about other people and it's really that they're just not happy with themselves. They're trying to make themselves feel better and they need to look within. And I think that I try and teach my kids that it's just a hard thing to teach children. But I think that, you know, it's so important. I always say that's not about you. That's about them. Right. (laughs) Don't take things personally. Right. Don't take things personally is huge. And um, when we have compassion for other people, we wind up offering compassion to ourselves. And when we have compassion for ourselves, we wind up offering it to other people. Because when we realize if you just take it like, uh, this is why I love the four agreements, because they say, just do your best. And if you're doing your best and you think they're just doing their best and you give them the benefit of the doubt, then you wind up having compassion for them. You're like, you were doing your best and you ended up there and I'm sorry that you ended up there. Like that sucks. I'm doing my best and I, I know the times when I ended up in a place I didn't want to get it into or be in and I have compassion for myself. I'm like, you know what? That was where I was at. That was the energy that I was feeling, you know? And right. I made a mistake and I have compassion for myself. So therefore I have compassion for other people. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. If anybody, we've talked about it before, but if anybody ha- wants a good book to read that may change your life, it will change your life in the way you think about things. The Four Agreements by Wayne Dyer. No, no, actually, no, no, not Wayne Dyer. Um, four Agreements by, I'm sorry, Don Manuel Ruiz. The Four Agreements right. by Don Manuel Ruiz. Yes. yes. It's uh, it's an awesome book. They talk about don't take things personally. Do your best. Um, be impeccable don't, with your word. And what's the other one? I'm don't one. make assumptions. Yes, don't make assumptions. Yeah. If you do those things, you, your life just becomes so much easier and you're just like so much more relaxed about things. So much better. I fully agree. I say that every day, probably 10 times a day, just doing my best. I'm doing my best because when you do yeah. your best, you don't judge yourself because you did your very best and your best today might not be the same as your best tomorrow. But as long as you do your best and at I, that I moment, at that moment, and that's really helped me with people that I get frustrated with or somebody in my life that I tend to say that I don't like that person or they really upset me. And I, I just really have thought about that. That's the best that they know how to do. They do not know any different. They haven't been enlightened. They haven't, they only know what they can do. So I just have to go and that's interesting or that's sad or whatever that is, but it has nothing to do with me. Right. Which and that's is the really other agreement, <laughs> you know, right. don't things personally. It's like right. that person doesn't have tools and I feel bad for them that they don't have tools and that they're struggling right now. Right. You know, let them just be in their space, you know, and I'm going to be over here and I'm not going to judge them. I'm just going to love them, you know, and, and hold right. space for them in that. And set boundaries. <laughs> yeah. 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 And just be like, that's what you're going through. And, and by recognizing that and separating it out um, and just realizing that's what you're going through and, and I'm not going to take it personally, you wind up just feeling calm and just, you're like, I'm going to be over here doing my thing. <laughs> yeah. It really is liberating. It's very liberating. I love how you said that it, you know, you made the distinction that today's best might not be as good as tomorrow's best. And I think that with perfectionism, we tend to think that there's only one way that you can be like, it, it's right. always got to be this high, you know, but your right. body isn't always feeling like doing that marathon or, you know, going right. that speed. And uh, we ignore what the body feels. And that's where we wind up developing sickness because we push it beyond its boundaries. Like some days you wake up and you're like hungover or didn't <laughs> sleep well or ate right. the day before or haven't exercised or whatever. And you just aren't your best. And so to ask your body to do the best when it's not feeling the best is really ignoring the intelligence of the body and ignoring the flow of the energy that's there. And and that's where this inner battle starts, you know, with, with perfectionism is like, you know, you're asking something impossible of the body and then it just, the body's going to win. The, that's why the body gets sick is because the body's like, you know what, I'm not going to take this from you. I'm going to do what I need to do because I'm healing. Like you didn't eat the proper food or you didn't get right. the proper rest. Like I need to do what I need to do because this is a system and I'm, I'm working on it, you know, right now. Right. And, I don't care what's up in your brain. <laughs> like it's not right. good. you're going nowhere if you keep abusing the body. The yeah. body doesn't lie. I was doing yoga yesterday and she said the body never lies. True. <laughs> listen to your body. Don't always listen to your head. <laughs> right. There's so much wisdom in the body. And that's why yeah. we can have this knowingness up here, like things are going to be okay, but we need to mm-hmm. feel it in the body um, because then we're on the same page. And, and right. that's really where we um, can get healthy is that we start listening to the body and making sure that the body's always in a good space 
that's when health will just come. It will form. So what do you think the number one thing for people to do is you're, you know, people are kind of starting out and being like, okay, I'm going to listen to my body. Like, what do I do? I mean, what would you say the number one thing to do is just to sit and breathe? I mean, yeah, what, what be is quiet? I mean, be quiet. You know, so many times I've worked with clients and um, I'm like, what's going on with your knee? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I, I start to describe it and they're like, oh yeah, well for like the last month or whatever, I've been, you know, hobbling uh, a little bit on my right knee. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you have to get quiet and, you know, and then they're like, oh yeah, okay, that is going on. And so a lot of us just you know, like, oh, I'm creaky, I'm achy or whatever. And you Mm -hmm. just think it's normal, but it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, the body's trying to give you some information to maybe slow down or take some supplements or change your diet or, you know, stop exercising in the same way or get a new pair of shoes, like whatever it is, it could be easy. But if you don't listen, you don't know. And then you can So, right. um, yeah. So I would say, you know, get quiet and listen to the body. And that's when you're going to start to get some information of like, oh, I didn't actually like that job that I was in, or I, I actually did overstay my time and I'm kind of glad they let me go because now I can do this. I or think that- it could just be like the realization of like, I was putting them first over me and the anger that I'm feeling right now is all those times that I did that and I'm not going to do it again. Right. You know, it's not worth it. And that alone could just be so healing and up-leveling and part of an awakening as right. well. Like, oh, I need to put more attention on me. Tell you what, after I worked in the New York City public school system for those four years, working in very high stress, dangerous environment, the kids, you know, literally threatened my life pretty often. And I had nothing at the end. I mean, my body was trashed from the stress. And it was only when I was like, you know what, I have to fill my cup up before I can fill up other people's. Otherwise, I can't be here anymore. I mean, right. I, I, I was at the point where I was wanting to check out and right. I realized, I need to fill my cup up if I'm going to start helping anybody else. So that's what I do. And that's meditation for me. That's positive thinking. That's seeing the good. That's the curiosity. Like that fills my cup. You know, the news could definitely drain your cup very, very fast. Hey, you know, it makes me think of this, this meditation that I did that people can try when I first started out was actually imagining a cup in my hands. Um, it was actually like a gauntlet. So you can, you know, play it with it for whatever reason, it looked like a gauntlet. And I just was filling the cup from Mm -hmm. universal energy and then allowing the overflow to flow into my body. Oh, I like that visualization. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked for me at that time. And you know, little things, I mean, nobody told me to do that. It just came to me to do that. So whatever comes to people, they can just do. That's the biggest thing for me is whenever like I practice things, when we talk about perfection and doing things right, and we talked about this with Mark as well, my husband, we always want to do things the right way. And like even stretching or give me exercises to do, just do what feels good. Do what feels right for you, right? I mean, that's kind of, to me, that's how I figure out, no one can tell you how to meditate properly. You got to figure out like what works for you. Do you like guided meditation? Do you like this? You know, it's just, you got to figure out what works for you and what feels good. And I think it's taken me a little while to do that, but I'm finally... (laughs) finally figuring out what works for me. And, and that's been really helpful. Right. So you sharing all these things, give other people ideas and the other ideas of how to do that as well. So, right. So actually it made, when you were talking, it brought up um, a memory of mine where I was learning how to do yoga and I didn't really understand yoga. Like I kind of was like, I'm just going to do it. And as I'm sitting there, a yoga master came to me visually mm-hmm. and started talking to me and telling me how to do yoga for me. So like I, cause I was listening to the teacher. I'm like, I don't get it. Like I'm really stiff. Like this is not working for me. And essentially, um, the yoga master or yogi master was like, you want to breathe into the muscle. And that, and that made sense to me. Like I knew right. what that meant. And I was like, Oh, now this is much easier. And he's like, you're going to get better now that you're doing it. You're doing it properly. Like I would breathe into it. And then he's like, good, good work. And, and like, not everybody's going to sit there and get a yogi master that's going to come to them. Right. <laughs> but that worked for me, you know, and I right. listened and it, and it made me enjoy yoga a lot more. Um, yeah. Which is just funny. That is such an interesting, when you say that breathing was one of the biggest things for me. Like I work on breathing daily because I have to remind myself to breathe properly. No one ever taught me to breathe from your Doing the belly breath. Never learned that until probably three years ago. Maybe four years. It's really great for resetting the nervous system. You know, uh, have you watched anything about Wim Hof? Yes, I watched something on Wim Hof. Someone had told me about him, and then I watched um, the Goop one. The Goop one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love, I love the Goop. Uh, I love a lot of things on the Goop. 
that I want to yeah. try. I have practiced a little bit of the breathing, but I really need to read the book and really need to understand the breathing. But I kind of understand that when you breathe a certain way, it puts your body in alkaline. And so yeah. you become more immune, your immune system boosts. Yeah. Um, but you're also supposed to take cold showers too. I do like a two minutes of a cold shower, but I'm not quite into a all cold shower. Oh, really? I, that's a long time. Cold. It's not freezing cold. I'm working on it. I, it's cold, but not freezing cold. Well, so what's interesting about, let's talk about cold water, yeah. okay? So early on, uh, when I first started doing energy work, I realized that I needed to dip my arms into freezing cold water up to my elbows. Like I needed to wash like a doctor, but with freezing cold water. Okay. And because I knew that it changed the energy, it cleared the energy that that was in that area, like that I might have picked up. Like if I do an energy healing session and I don't clean up that way, I feel dirty. I feel um, not like myself. Yeah. So I have to clean with cold, cold water. And then I don't know, probably like six years ago, I started washing my face with cold water um, because I could feel that it, it changed the energy of the day from you know on my body. And then I found out, you know, when you hit your forehead with cold water, that is um, really good for your mitochondria. Like uh, for some reason, I can't remember exactly why. I was like, oh, that's why I started doing that. So hitting the cold water on your chest is going to also transform the energy of your body as well. So anyway, I think... Um, Did you read the book or are you... No, I so I want to learn Wim Hof. Like Me too. I, yeah. So maybe you and I will do that. Like we'll, yeah, we'll, let's do we'll, it. We'll, we'll talk about our experience going through Yeah, I want to do it because I have a really intolerance for cold. My whole body gets tense. My neck hurts. Like when I'm in the cold, I love the snow and mountains and I want to live in Colorado, but I need to... <laughs> I need to do better with my body temperature, um, which is probably part of my health and everything and healing. But um, I thought maybe the Wim Hof method would help me be more tolerant of the cold because you saw on the Goop session, they swam in like yeah. freezing temperatures of the water and they were fine. Yeah, that's pretty insane. So I've gone, have you ever done the hot tub to the cold tub? I can't it's breathe. Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but then you get used to it. If you do it right. enough times and you just like, yeah. kind of like, check. I don't want to say check out, but like kind of just say, okay, this is going to hurt for just a second. You dive in and then it gets easier. And, um, and that's pretty fun too. I know that being in cold, extreme cold temperatures is supposed to be really good for your body. So I'm very into it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Try it. So if for anybody who's listening, you can start with, based on doctor recommendation, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. start with 30 seconds or even less if you have to, and then work your way up. I probably can do a minute. I like to um, put a song on and then just sing with the song to kind of get my uh, mind off of like the pain. But are you doing the breathing while you're in the in No, because I haven't learned Wim Hof yet. See, the breathing's supposed to really help you get through the cold part. Yes. Yeah. I can't turn around yet. I can't put it on my back. So I prob that probably is also another energy thing. Like I, I don't like when I can't see something coming, right? You know, like uh, I have to work on that. So I'll take a look at very that. Very interesting. Yeah. Let, we'll, have to, we'll have to tune in later to see how we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's actually on sale, the Wim Hof, um, I saw. So I might, I might buy the course and just do it. Okay. I've cool. definitely been called to it. Um, I also, so there's different ways you can do a cold plunge in your house. So you can get like ice bags and put it in your, your bathtub or just getting cold, a cold bathtub is just enough probably. Yeah. But anyway, I want to- People can check it out on Netflix too in the Goop Lab. There it was, was really cool. Yeah, all the Goop um, ones I've watched so far and they've been pretty cool. Very um, cool. I do energy work very differently from the guy that's doing it. <laughs> Right, Amy? Did you watch that? Yes, I did. I oh see him on, yeah, he like pulls demons out of people's butts. <laughs> wait, wait a second. I did not see that one. Maybe there's a different energy healer. But the other guy that I was watching, like the people were like moaning and loud. No, no. Yeah, it was the same guy. It was just was another video that he like pulled something out of Julian Hoff's like, it was like, it looked, you know, they're all like flapping around and flailing and stuff. Like yeah. That. That's the thing is everybody's got different ways of moving the energy. I mean, yeah, that's his yeah. way of doing it, but it was very totally. cool. I highly recommend those, that series. Yeah. But just FYI, my, my sessions don't look like that. <laughs> Not at all. They're much right. Calmer. I was like, oh my gosh, my partner wouldn't be happy for me. Like, like she'd be like, don't do any more sessions. <laughs> like if that's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, she'd be like and you're oh. like, I was healing you all night long last night. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway. Well, we covered super, a lot of topics today. I know, right? I'm super glad, though, that that Goop show is on. It, it is good. I um, love it. And I told Mark, I want to do the um, shrooms, the microdosing. Oh, yeah, going. That was down in, like, uh, Ethiopia. It was in, like, Costa Rica or somewhere. Rica, I yeah. Yeah, I want to do that. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I kind of stay away from drugs because my life is already crazy enough. Like, I just worry about... Um, what might happen. I know. Well, I think that, yeah, obviously it depends on how you do it. If you do it in a clinical setting with, you know, (laughs) microdosed and everything, but I just think it'd be cool to, you know, it's another way to release energy. You know, I just think it's. Yeah. And and certainly it opens up a lot of people's third eye and and see some stuff and experience some stuff and, and let go of some grief, which is what you saw people doing. So that's also just another tool. I mean, honestly, we all have different ways in which we release or need to release things and things that'll work for us. So like we should um, just stay open to whatever that might be. Yes. I think it's awesome because I just get excited about this, that there's so many different ways that you can heal and make yourself feel better. There's so many options and I get excited about hearing about all of them. Right. Because it's cool when you start to wake up and you start to realize, uh, you know, the synchronicities or you have more control over your destiny than you've ever thought possible. Or that you it's, really are a creator and not a victim to your circumstances. So all really cool. Stuff we have the power out. and the control. It's really, it's liberating and it's exciting and it feels much safer to feel that way. Yeah. Honestly, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times we, we feel like a victim to our circumstances and we want to do everything that other people are saying. But in the end, we wind up feeling unsafe because like, our safety is relying on other people telling us what to do. And what if somebody's not available to tell us what to do, then we start to feel that like we have that knowingness that that might always go away. So if we always go off of our own internal guidance, as long as we're alive, we have somebody telling us what to do, right? We have our internal guidance system working if we're alive. So um, it's important to uh, always keep track of what you want and what, what resonates with you. And the other thing is just the same thing with happiness. If happiness is outside of you, if it's that house, if it's a car, if it's that job, if it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, if it's outside of you, it can always be taken away. Correct. So try to find the happiness within you and like what makes you happy, what brings you joy and to stay in that and then create happiness from there. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Amy, for sitting and chatting with me today. Yeah. We talked about a lot, like you said. I mean, gosh, I... It's going to be interesting to listen to this one. (laughs) Um, And uh, anyway, I just want to remind the listeners, let's heal together. All content provided by Amy Stark and her her guests on the Ophelia Podcast website or other platforms, including text, images, audio, or other formats, were created for informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Amy Stark is not a doctor or a therapist. 